17 years ago, uh, New Orleans was hit by Hurricane Katrina, and it changed our city lives forever. Looking back and seeing the, and seeing the heartbreaking pictures and videos, we're reminded of how strong and resilient uh, true New Orleans are. And there's always a quote going around the city. If you love New Orleans, she will love you back. But this is still the Prime Time Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Prime Time Scott 3, or Zachariah Scott, or Scotty, however you like to call me. Uh, sorry to get all sentimental and stuff. I, I know I normally come off with energy uh, uh, in a great intro, uh, but I, I was reminded today that 17 years ago was Hurricane Katrina, one of the worst storms to ever hit the United States, one of the worst storms to ever, ever hit New Orleans. And I just wanted to say, uh, do a moment of silence uh, for everyone that was involved in the hurricane, everyone that lost their homes, anyone that lost their uh anyone that lost their lives or they lost loved ones or they lost animals or they lost uh, pre- like precious items or, or they lost their home so much that they can never go back. I just want to give you a moment of silence. This is a New Orleans episode for the Prime Prime Thoughts podcast, ep- uh, podcast, right? This is just going to be a New Orleans episode and staying with what I mostly talk about on my on my podcast is sports. I'm gonna be really focusing on the Pelicans and also the Saints. So, some things that I was looking up while I was researching for the Pelicans, right? Um, Zion Williamson has not played with the Pelicans since uh, May the fourth, twenty twenty one. Let me give you some names that were on the roster the last time Zion Williamson played. The starting lineup that day included Eric Bledsoe, uh, Lonzo Ball, Stephen Adams, James Johnson, and and James Nola. Nola, Nola? I, I don't know Nola. Uh, I don't know. James, another James, uh, were getting minutes off the bench for a team trying to make a uh, a last push for the play-in. Zion was averaging twenty seven uh twenty seven points, uh seven seven point two rebounds on sixty one percent shooting. No play, no player in the NBA in NBA history has averaged that many points per game while shooting sixty percent. Williamson has not played since. And the Pelicans have added not only C.J. McCollum and last year's rookie mix, which is uh, Herb Jones, Trey, Mur- Trey Murphy, and Jose Alvarez, uh, but also uh, also added veterans and uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance Jr., and Devontae Graham. Um, it's with that core, 
uh, with that core of players, plus a Brandon Ingram, but also without Isaiah Williamson, that made a push for the play and won a playing game against the Clippers. Mind you, the Clippers did not have Paul George, but they still won that playing game. It was very, very close coming down to the fourth quarter. But also, they went six games with a West, what at the time a Western Conference, uh, a Western, yeah, a Western Conference champion, and that just played in the NBA Finals and uh, in a Phoenix Suns. So, and they took them to six games, and it, it was. It was highly seen that the Pelicans could actually win that series if if some of those uh, calls weren't being made and Chris Paul had a damn near perfect game and Devin Booker has to damn near have a perfect game. Uh, I feel like the Pelicans should definitely win that series. Now, could they have got past the second round? I don't remember who some played in the second round off the top of my head. I think it was the Mavericks. If I had to remember, I think it was the Mavericks. Could they have possibly been the Mavericks last season? That's that's another time for that's that's another discussion for another day. We'll go back to that. But uh, I just want to say, you're what you're adding to the Pelicans this season is a 27 points per game score, and that was when he had. Nobody really on his team. Bradley Ingram was constantly in and out the lineup. Lonzo Ball was constantly in and out the lineup. You had Eric Bledsoe as a starter, and you still had to do that. So, of course, Point Zion at the time, he had to really take over the team. He had to be the main facilitator. He had to be the main scorer. He had to basically do everything, and that's only that was only his second season. He only played 61 games and still averaged 27 points per game. Um, so you're adding a 27 points per game score, right? And Zion, who to shoot, who was shooting 60, like I said, 61 from the field. So we know he could drive to the rim at any time. And that was when he was a little chunky and, and not moving so fast and still dealing with injuries and stuff like that. Like his hand was hurt at the time. He was dealing with leg injuries. Uh, Russ really, really wasn't calling anything because Zion was so big. Now we have a leaner Zion that hasn't been improving his game since he's been out. And now he's getting he's getting closer and closer with this group. And who's also signed in a, con- a rookie supermax contract extension. So even um, that that says in that in that deal that he has to reach certain weight requirements. So now we have a leaner, faster, stronger Zion with better skills, adding to a better skilled Pelicans team. My expectation for the Pelicans, to be honest. I see them as a top five, uh, top five seeded team. I think their ceiling is top five, but I definitely think that they're they are not going to be in the play-in. They're definitely going to be in the playoffs, though. Um, could I see the Pelicans being a? I'm not going to say a number one seed in the West because that's going to be very tough when you have teams like the Clippers, like the Warriors, like the Mavericks, like the Grizzlies. Like the uh the uh the Wolves, who who else? Lakers are gonna be in the play-in. Blazers might be in the play-in. 
I know I'm missing somebody. I, I got eight right there, and then Pelicans will be nine in the mix. I know I'm missing somebody. But, unfortunately, I'm sorry if I miss somebody. But I, I really do see the players and the Pelicans as a fifth seed. And that's uh, – do I see them getting out the first round? Yes. If the Pelicans are healthy, I definitely see them getting out the first round. Now, when we get to the second round, that's going to be very questionable, especially if they're fifth seed. They're probably going to get some number one seed. And if I had to think of who's going to be the number one seed in the West next year, it would have to be the Warriors, the Grizzlies, or the Mavericks. Could I see the Pelicans beating a Warriors team? I don't know. That's we We have to see the regular season to see if the Pelicans can keep up with the Warriors, right? Especially when it comes down to the Warriors being in the playoffs. Could I see them beat the Grizzlies? Yes. Could I see them beat the Mavericks? Yes, of course. The Warriors is the only team. Oh, that's who I forgot. The Suns. I forgot the Suns. <laughs> that's how much you know I'm not really thinking about the Suns as a, as a contender or playoff contender because it's like – I don't know. I don't know what a older, damn near 40-year-old Chris Paul is going to do. I don't know what a Devin Booker who is talking all this trash, but yet he's, he's like terrible when he gets to the playoffs. During the regular season, he could do a couple of little things, right? It's only when Chris Paul is on the court that we could really see Devin Booker thrive. When... Uh, Chris Paul is not on the court. We we haven't really seen Devin Booker like be that guy. I don't see him as a as the top shooting guard in the league. If I have to see somebody as the top shooting guard in the league, I have to go. Uh, I really have to go Paul George because James Harden is really a point guard now. But if, if I have to go, who is the top guard? Who is the top guard in uh, the top shooting guard in the league? I will give it to Paul George. No ifs, ands, doubts about it. I would definitely give it to Paul George. Now, with Devin Booker being my top five, maybe, possibly, I would have to sit down and look at the list. But can I give him my number one spot? No. I can't give him my number one spot. Not when Paul George is really playing the two, Kawhi's playing the three, and then you got somebody else playing the four for the Clippers. No. Um. Anyways... Anyways, 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 back to the Pelicans. Um, yeah, man, uh, you're adding with, – with the Pelicans, I just really want them to be healthy, right? I feel like if they, they are constantly healthy, they could, they could be in games. They could be in these marquee matchup games. They could keep up with the Celtics. They could keep up with the Bucks. They could keep up with the Warriors. They could keep up with uh, any of these top-seeded – uh, teams that you see that are so-called contenders, the Pelicans are not definitely not uh, pretenders, and they're they're not in the pretenders and not in the, the contenders, right? They're right there in that middle where it's like they have playoff hope. It's it's you have to see them play to really understand what they could really do, because like I said earlier, we have not seen a Zion just yet. Uh, but I do definitely like would like to see how Zion. Brandon Ingram and uh and uh CJ McCollum are going to gel together because CJ is is your is your point guard. CJ is your lead guard. Bri Brandon Ingram, 
who just who's just coming off thirty points per game against a Suns team in the playoffs, thirty points per game, unheard of, really unheard of. And if you want to talk about that, somebody in a playoff taking off and scoring buckets and getting you buckets anytime, Bi was definitely that guy. Um, but I definitely like with now you're adding a Zion who can give you twenty to twenty to twenty five. And then you still got CJ who's going to give you a nice little, like, 15, I say, like, maybe 15 to 20, 15 to 18, but that's still a nice amount of points. And then still out of Julius. Like, I I just have high hopes on, on the Pelicans, honestly. Um, I feel like basketball is really going to be uh, a focus point in the city this season. Uh, I feel like we're, uh, I feel like, the Pelicans, we're really going to see the Smoothie King Center, like, pack, pack all season long. No matter if uh, who's who's in and out the lineup, uh, we're definitely going to see this, especially those marquee games, those games that's going to be on national television or those or those weekend games and stuff like that, we're going to see that Smoothie King Center pack. Even on the weekdays, we're going to see that Smoothie King Center pack because people are now going to have – when you're winning games and when you're in the playoffs, you've seen how crazy and loud New Orleans could get and New Orleans show love. You have to be winning for New Orleans for New Orleans to show out and go to your games. If you're not winning, nobody's going to your games. That's why nobody wanted to go to the Zephyrs that baby case games because they were just terrible. Everybody's always going to the Saints games when the Saints are on it. Or when it's when it's the Falcons or 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 the Panthers or the Bucks or somebody somebody that's good in town and it's a good matchup. We always know that the uh, the Saints uh, Saints games are packed and loud, no matter what. Um, but yeah, man, I'm gonna get to the Saints a little bit. Let let me just close out for the Pelicans, right? Uh, for the Pelicans, like I said, I definitely see them as a top five seed. Uh, I see Brandon Ingram having an all-star season. Of course, Zion having an all-star season. And the the rookies that was just there, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarez, I feel like they're going to keep growing and growing and growing. And they're going to be important pieces once again. Uh, I feel like our new rookie, uh, our new rookie, uh, Daniels, he's going to be very important. He's definitely going to be very important coming off the bench. Or or being in that starting role from time to time whenever he needs to start, right? Uh, he's a six eight. He's a six eight, really a point guard, but he can also play the two as well. So, but he he's definitely he definitely has the ball handling skills to be a facilitator and to be a point guard. I keep seeing ESPN and and, uh, and Yahoo Fantasy alerts, so that's why I keep looking at my phone. Um, and then. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm trying to figure out what what am I doing with um uh, with Dante Dante Graham and uh, Hayes Jackson Hayes or and Willie Harris with yeah and Willie so Willie Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham I'm trying to figure out and try and get them traded so that way. They could they could give me either a player that can be important to come off that role to be an important key role player for the Pelicans or 
I'm using that for draft picks that I could turn into a player for later down down the line. Because right now the Pelicans don't really need that much draft capital. We already have enough draft capital for the Lakers. Stay, hey, shout out to the Lakers. Thank you for all those picks. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for all those picks. Um and keep keep those picks coming. Um uh, keep keep doing shitty Lakers. Um and last last thing. Right. Like I said, see the Pelicans, top I see, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, uh, All Star, the the rookies that just was just coming in, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarez, and important key roles. CJ is going to still be CJ. CJ is still going to be your uh, your facilitating your main ball handler. And I'm very excited to see the Pelicans this season, man. I can't can't wait, can cannot wait. I'm gonna have NBA league pass so. Y'all already know I'm gonna be right there on Twitter, uh, at uh, at Prime T Thoughts at Prime T Thoughts. My Twitter link is gonna be right there down below, and definitely gonna be live to live all the Pelicans games all the time. Uh, definitely be watching our NBA League Pass all the time. So, no matter where I'm at, you be watching Pelicans games all the time. And uh, Pelicans. The Pelicans play, uh, players, right, they were hosting practices at Lagoon Beach, trying to get their chemistry down together um, because they haven't really played with Zion. And Zion really hasn't played with them for a while now. So it's good to see that the, the team is gelling and, and meeting up and getting away from the city for a little bit and just just, just the players uh, practicing. So that's very good to see. Now, on to who that nation. On to the Saints, bro. NFL season is right around the corner. September the 11th versus the Falcons is right around the corner. And we just had a great, great, great uh, preseason finale against the Chargers where we got to see Jameis uh, with, with Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara and and Ingram and uh, a little bit of the starting climate for the old line. We got to see a little bit of a little taste. They this uh Dennis Allen and that coaching staff gave us a little taste of what the Saints could do. Especially that starting unit. But a little taste is all we really needed to see. Especially against uh especially against the Chargers. We ain't trying to open up the whole entire playbook just yet. Uh, we got to open some things up um, against the Falcons, really. But it was great to see Jameis out there um, spreading the ball around, moving up in the pocket, um, throwing absolute darts to the receivers, and the receivers just basically catching everything. It was it was great, 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 great to see. Um, like I said, very, very excited to see what the uh, see what the Saints have coming up. Uh, for the Saints, I think I said it on my last episode, but it was like towards the end of that, two, of that uh, 2K video, but I like I said, this is a New Orleans episode. Um, so I'm going to say this again. I The expectations for the Saints are, for, well, at least my expectations for the Saints are beat Brady both times, at least once, at least once, but if we could beat Brady both times, that's absolutely great to me. 
hopefully win the South. Because if we beat Brady, hopefully we could also win the South and be a top 10 team. By what do you, or Scott, what do you mean by a top 10 team? But by being a top 10 team, I mean the offense is ranked in the top 10 and the defense is ranked in the top 10. We already know with the Honey Badger on the field. We already know with Lattimore on the field. We already know with uh, Stevie, uh, with, with Garner Johnson. We already know with uh, Davis. We already know with Cam Johnson. We already know with Davenport. Uh, Pat, Peyton Turner has to get back healthy. But we have defensive leaders. We have dogs on that defense. They are going to get turnovers. They are going to make stops. They are going. They are going to absolutely terrorize offenses. So I already know that the defense is going to be there in the top ten. Right? I'm more focused on the offense. Can the offense be statistically in the top ten or be ranked in the top ten? Now we are going into a season in a very long time. This is a very, very long time. We have not seen Drew Brees or Sean Payton in the Saints facility. This is the Dennis Allen show. This is the Jameis Winston show. Now, Dennis Allen does not have a really good record as a head coach. He was with the Raiders previously for some seasons and he and they were eight and twenty eight. So Dennis Allen doesn't have a great record uh, for being a head coach, but he has a great record for being an absolute defensive coordinator and being a defensive menace. Uh, Pat McCartney, though, who's been a long time, somebody's messing with the hoo-hoo. I don't have time to fix it. Uh, Pat, I know I messed up. I know it's butchered his name, but Pat, our offensive coordinator, who's been who's been with the Saints since Sean Payton has been around and been helping Sean Payton with that offensive playbook, is definitely going to stick to some of the some of the strengths that uh, that the Saints had, especially last season, especially with Jameis, and now we're going to see a little bit more because we have the absolute stats wide receiver core with Chris, rookie Chris Olave, with veteran um, Jarvis Landry, and with all-pro former offensive player of the year, Michael Thomas, coming back. Do I think Michael Thomas is a top 10 wide receiver? Off of talent alone, yes. Michael Thomas is a top 10 wide receiver. And Michael Thomas is going to make people remember why he is a top 10 receiver. He's going to make people remember why he's a top 5 receiver. He's going to be right back there, right back in there with his, with the top 5. Now, we don't need him to have a record-breaking record breaking, uh, catches like he did back in 2019. And mind you, he did that with three quarterbacks. He did that with Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, and Taysom Hill all taking snaps. And he did all that. Uh, and he broke that record with three quarterbacks. Um, we don't. He he's also had four seasons with a thousand yards receiving. We don't need Michael Thomas to be that record breaker, record breaking uh, catches. What we need is Michael Thomas to be, uh, to, of course, uh, destroy everybody on the slant, like he is, slant boy. 
<laughs> only jokes. But destroy everybody on the select, destroy everybody on the out routes, all on the crosses, but also show show off that he can run the complete route tree again. Because we don't uh, we don't have Drew whose arm was hurting all the time, who arm whose arm couldn't get down the field. Now we have Jameis who loves going down the field, but now Jameis has to be able to make sure he could throw those short and intermediate routes as well. So now Michael Thomas is going to be able to kill everybody outside and also in the slot. James, uh, Landry, Jarvis Landry is going to also be killing everybody in the slot. And then Chris Olave is, is a guaranteed, guaranteed deep threat, and he's just going to be burning top off of everybody. You still got uh, Harden, you still got Callaway, and you got this new guy uh, that was killing up the preseason, number 82. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's going to be very interesting to see. So even, even with the top three, we still have three other receivers that's going to be great for us. And then we still have a tight – we still have we still have Al Kamara coming out the backfield. We still have Ingram, and we still have Taysom Hill. And we and we have uh, a decent group of tight ends that we have to see who's going to be that starting tight end. We have to see who's going to be that pass-catching tight end that's going to be tearing up the middle. It's going to be a very interesting group. Uh, I can't wait to see this offense. And like I said, I feel like they're going to be back in the top ten, but it just really depends on – it really just depends on this, this uh, offensive line and this offensive unit, right? Unfortunately, our rookie, um, Trevor Pennington, hurt his uh, – he has a torn ligament in his foot. He's out indefinitely and would need surgery. So what is that like for for the Saints and Jameis Winston um, offense now? So James Hurst, former LSU alum, uh, was listed first on the unofficial depth chart, but dealing with uh, foot injuries of his own. Journeyman backup, Derek uh, Young, oh no, Derek Kelly, Derek Kelly uh, will will also be at tackle, fighting for a tackle spot, unless they unless they flip um, Landon Young, who used to be at left tackle in his college days, but now he switched over to right tackle, so he could play either or tackle spot. So it's going to be very interesting to see. They do have extra tackles in, but also the the Saints could add free agents, uh, Jason Peters. Or Eric Fisher, who used to be a former, I think he was former number one overall pick or number two. I know he was very high up there with the Chiefs. He used to be a, a high, uh, high first round pick to say he was a lineman, especially a tackle. Uh, they could come in and uh, and back up Hurt. So it's going to be very interesting to see with the uh, how long that our rookie is out. Our first round rookie tackle is out. It's going to be very long. It's very, very interesting to see. And it's going to be very interesting to see who the Saints pick up. Me, honestly, I kind of hope they pick up Eric Fisher because I feel like Zach Streets will be very great at teaching him and coaching him up. And he's, he's the younger option versus the Jason Peters. But Jason Peters is the better option, has the better talent, has the better experience, right? So. It's really, do you want to go with the experience or do you want to go with the, the youth talent 
the young talent, untapped potential. If I'm a Saints, I'm looking at a backup. I think the experience will go, so I would pick up Jason P- uh, Peters, to be honest. Um, and like I said, for the expectations for the Saints, beat Brady twice, win the South, make it to the playoffs, and let's see where you go from there. You make it to the playoffs, let's see where you go from there. Man, then things will really get spicy and really get interesting. But... Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the New Orleans pod, uh, New Orleans episode for uh, for the Primetime Thoughts episode, uh, well, Primetime Thoughts podcast, soon to be Primetime Thoughts media. <laughs> See how that goes. Uh, with that being said, peace, love y'all, everyone. Have a blessed day, and uh, see y'all very, very soon.